everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 28 of the Nonsense Podcast. This episode, we are joined by Eric Miller and Dalton Rissinger of the Magwas. The Magwas are a Scranton-based emo band, and boy, do they have some hits. Um, they actually just released Seaglass and Springsteen today. So as you're listening into this episode, that song is now up on Spotify. That song is now up on Apple Music and anywhere else that you get your music. Uh, you can also listen to it at the end of the episode. I would just say, if you enjoy the song, definitely go stream it on the other platforms as well. And, uh, you know, get up their streams, get them uh, their money. They got to make some dough, you know? <laughs> Anyways, so the Magwas, in this episode, we go through their new song and a uh, little bit about, you know, what it's about and how the writing process kind of fleshed out for them. We also talk about their famous Spotify playlists and how, how they're really much involved in the uh, pop punk scene and the emo scene as well in terms of networking and meeting a lot of bands and spreading the good word about the music. We also talk about how the Magwas got their very unique name. I think that's uh, one of the most interesting parts of this episode. It's a very cool story. We also talk about harsh noise music and car batteries, which will all make sense <laughs> at the end of the episode. Uh, we also touch upon the drunkest they've ever been and some of their songwriting methods. So, as always, if you enjoyed the episode, definitely go listen to the other ones and subscribe on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, leave us a rating if you'd like to. See you next week. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's a pleasure to be speaking with the legendary Magwas. Um, <laughs> you guys are everywhere on like the pop punk networking group, and uh, I, I think it's 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 awesome to collaborate and finally connect with you guys. I know we've been pl playing tag for a little bit, um, but yeah, just to start off. Um, I I've been recently doing this on some of our interviews and I, and I wanted to definitely do it on this cause I enjoyed the last answer we got for it. But if your band had an elevator pitch, what would it be? You want to take it, Eric? I don't know, Don. I feel like you might have a good shot at this one. <laughs> I feel like if we had an elevator pitch, it was stopped by we're an emo anthem rock band and we have a drummer who works harder than anybody I've ever seen in my entire life. Brandon. And we have, yeah, Brandon. And we just keep grinding every single day. You know, we work social medias a lot. We hopefully put out pretty good music, or at least what I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just we love playing. We love being in the band together. We're just a bunch of best friends having a good time. That's awesome, man. That's a good line there. His, his social media is how this whole thing happened because he, he's been doing like all – you guys have all those playlists and he's been doing mm -hmm. and uh, I think he found us at one point and put us on there and I'm like, messaged him was like hey thanks man we became friends and then he kept putting us on there and putting us on there so i messaged him again i was like hey thank you so much would you like to come on our podcast <laughs> so that was kind of how this whole thing came together wait so which one of you guys runs it the uh he, playlist oh uh, so brandon, brandon he's our drummer oh uh, gotcha. he he's got work he actually works in a veterinarian hospital so he's a madman oh, wow. he keeps going 24 7 <laughs> 
But yeah, he runs it. Uh, we all like sort of pitch in what we can do. But he's a madman. He's the mastermind behind a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. always the drummer thing is they have to constantly be doing something. <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys are like kings of the Spotify playlist. Uh, first of all, they all look super legit, too. I thought it was like something curated by Spotify themselves. And I was like, oh, like they just know how to like do this really well. <laughs> and like everything looks legit, has, you know, the graphic design on it is just incredible. Um, yeah. So how, where did that all start? So really that just started. Um, I think Brandon came up with the idea with someone. I don't know who it was but they were talking and um they had the idea of just sort of making a playlist for the band and um just having one of us curated each week just like what we're listening to at the moment stuff like that you know with an emphasis on like local artists um really just from the scranton area because we have so many great talented friends that we wanted to highlight and so it would be a mix of just like everyday stuff we listen to and um, some cool new stuff that our friends were putting out. And we would just take turns doing that. You know, it wasn't much of a theme to it. So just highlight, like, the different music tastes that we all have that, like, bring different sounds of the band. So we'll have, like, one week where Luke, would, Luke our bassist, would do it. It'd have, like, maybe, like, I don't know, probably had, like, Rush on it or something. Yeah, weird out there stuff. <laughs> some weird stuff. And <laughs> I, would, I would throw in a few, like, heavy, heavy songs and... You know, it just started like that. And then um, after just, you know, working a little bit at it and pushing it and trying to get other people to uh, submit songs to it, that was really Brandon's thing. And then once he started doing that, it was like, oh, shit, like people have actually have an interest in like checking out this playlist and, you know, getting their songs on it. And it just snowballed. And then Brandon just took it and ran with it. And now there's like three or four of them. And he just keeps on it constantly. And at this point, that's like his thing. That's like the number one thing for Brandon, I guess. Like looking <laughs> back, it's like one of the biggest things that Brandon did was like the playlist thing. And now he's just like in it. Like he's in it as like a curator, not just like someone like in a band trying to make cool playlists. And it's he, awesome he enjoys it. Too. It's awesome because for like smaller bands, you know, like a lot of bands out there when they're putting their stuff up on Spotify and everything. They don't realize that you have to like put it up like a month in advance before it releases in order to get it like even like looked at to be curated on like the Spotify playlist. So for a lot of these bands, they don't realize that and they have a hard time getting on playlists. So having someone like Brandon that will take bands, you know, submissions and put them on is really helpful to a lot of smaller bands. Mm-hmm. So it's great that he's doing that. Yeah, and it's not even just. No, I'm sorry. It was. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's like. Not even with just like the editorial playlist, you know, obviously that's everyone sort of cream of the crop because if you want, you know, just the wide exposure and like really just get as much as you can in one shot, that's really what you go for. And obviously you want to try and pitch to playlists that have a lot of followers, but it's really also just about not neglecting anything, you know, like even landing on a playlist with like 25 followers and, you know, becoming friends with like a cool band or a cool couple of bands it's like that's awesome and it's great and it helps have you guys found that it's given you the chance i mean when like touring was a thing way back when um did you find that it it helped build those relationships at all did you ever like meet a band through that yeah i mean i think we've met a lot of bands through this like at least 
talking to him all through this. And we made a lot of good friends. Like, we see people posting about when we have a song coming out or something like that. Or we'll post when they're coming out. Because we sort of created, like, a connection of bands that we're now all, like, friends with and all have, like, we'll text back and forth. I know Brandon messages all these different bands and talks to them every day. And it's, it's just a cool, like, network of people that are all at the same level of musicianship and all sort of just, like, plugging along. I think it's really cool. And I did the help when we were, like, looking for bands to play. Yeah. I know we had a couple that were hitting us up to, like, you know, play here. And some of them are from, like, Virginia, South Carolina, you know, all these wow. different places that you're like, mm, cool. <laughs> I didn't expect to hear from bands from over there. But, yeah. It's That's great. great that you guys are really – you're growing the scene there, um, you know, whether whether it looks like it or not. But, yeah, I feel like you guys are really, like, helping out the scene, especially – uh, you know, the, the reality is it's not like 2001 anymore. Mm. Um, and Panic at the Disco isn't like the greatest band of all time in like people's eyes. And like pop punk kind of like, you know, it's not where it used to be. It's not in the limelight right now, but it is like pop punk and emo, I should say. Um, it's still like a very lively uh, scene. It's still out there. It's just... You know, it had its time for like the mainstream, you know, media and uh, music video generation, I would say. But um, it's great to see that somebody's like still supporting that because otherwise, like, it can get really easy, I feel like, to be even disconnected in the digital age because you feel like, oh, like maybe if I just, I don't know, like DM a band, they'll be like, oh, we'll play with you. Like, it doesn't work out. There's a lot more logistics involved with that. And um, it's cool to see you guys making those connections. I, I, I respect that a lot. But, I want to hear about you guys. I want to hear about your band. That's why we brought you guys on. Um, want, to, want to make sure we didn't spend too much time on the playlist because I know you guys aren't just a playlist. You guys are a living, breathing band with a lot of talent, with great songs. Um, you guys just released uh, Will It Ever Be The Same like about 30 days ago or so. And uh, I know you guys wanted to come on because you have another single coming up. So tell us a little bit about, excuse me, tell us a little bit about that. Go ahead, Eric. All right, I'll go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're releasing a song. Um, this may be the first announcement. I don't know if these are released like the next day or in a couple weeks or whatnot, but it'll be at the beginning of September, actually. So it'll be, I think, right okay. around the time. Yeah. So as you're listening to this, our new song is out right now. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, August uh, 20th, 28th. I think we are releasing. Did release. Um, now I feel like I'm in like a time warp, but. <laughs> Anyway, our next single, it's, uh, it's called Sea Glass and Springsteen. Um, it's very, like, I don't know, it all started as an acoustic song. And we thought we were going to keep it acoustic. Just very, like, mellow. And it's almost like a nostalgic vibe. Like, no matter what you relate the lyrics to or whatever, it, it, it tends to, like, bring you back to a time. And uh, I think it's pretty close to all of our top song or at least top two songs on the ep that we're releasing um and i don't know it's very simple it's very slow and i just i just think that up. there's a, bit, a little bit of a power to it and the final version uh does have a bit of a build and i don't know we think it's a song that could reach a lot more people uh that may not be as interested in something like glum that's a little heavier or um like you know more um grungy stuff that we did on our last EP and I don't know I think it's a song that'll help us connect with more people and that I think hopefully everyone likes was there 
uh, specific inspiration behind the subject matter of the song? If you want to go into that, who's the, who's the Bruce fan? Is my main. <laughs> so this this song was written by Brandon, who again isn't here. Uh, but you know, it's kind of just like looking back on almost like a. It's I like guess a summer it's in the sort of deal. Like yeah, it's really in the context of a relationship, but it's almost one of those things. It's like you knew it was never gonna be something that you could hold on to forever, and you're just looking back at it for what it was. It makes you nostalgic, essentially. Like right? yeah, in like vocalist, I love that name from everything you just explained because it's 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 Springsteen. You know, yeah, like that's everything he's ever done is like nostalgic, and even the way you explain like the structuring of the song is very Springsteen. I thought that, I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, you know the, it's always been like a summer beach song, and that's what it is. Uh, we shot a music video for it, I think last week or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, hey, there you go. Yeah, you know, there's a beach theme to that, and it was always the plan, and just you know, it kind of centers around, which you'll see in the video, it kind of centers around a story. So we're taking sort of this general nostalgic feeling that a lot of people get, which is you know something that you knew was never going to really work out or really be good enough or real enough to hold on to and sort of taking that and putting a story to it like a specific context yeah it's a classic song that like brandon brought to us where it's like just like he's strumming on a guitar because he's a drummer and can't really play all that well (laughs) and he's just sitting there and he's got like these really heartfelt deep lyrics that like you listen to it for the first time, and you're like, you want to shed a tear. Like, you're like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> that's that's where we're going with this. And then, you know, we brought it in the studio, and our producer, Nick Bruzzesi, he's uh, from the bass player from Man Overboard. I'll and he, works, he does great work at Lumberyard Studio, him and Ace Enders from the early November. And so when we sat down with that, he's like, this isn't an acoustic song. He's like, we're going to build this up, and that last chorus is going to that's gonna hit hard. And he's like, that's how we're going to make people cry over this song. So <laughs> it's... It, it's a lot of nostalgia. It's a lot of, like like Eric was saying. It's a lot about like the idea that you're never gonna reach something. Like it's, you're more in love with the idea than you were with what actually happened. It's a really really cool song. Nice. All right, so is the music video gonna be released the same day as the uh, single? <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I'll nice. be dropping August 28th. All right. I'm gonna write that down. There you Start go. Right now. Yeah, that's great. Right you better yeah. have already watched it, or you better be going to watch it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, I forgot. Time warp. Yeah. Check it out yeah. as you can. You're I dead to me if you haven't already watched it. Yes, it's been three days to two weeks. Yeah, you know. It's... I've got a great question. Get your shit you together. Watch it. <laughs> so, as, as you guys might be able to see over my head, nobody listening can. I have like old movie posters. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So my main question is this: Your name, the Magwas, <laughs> is it from Last of the Mohicans? It is from Last it's, of the Mohicans. Tangentially from The Last of Mohicans. I can tell the story real quick. All right, so I'll start with the story of the Maguas, which is it goes hand in hand. So originally, me and Dalton here, we'd always talk about starting a band, and we would never do it. This went on for like three <laughs> years during college because we were all over the place. We didn't really know who we could count on to like come together and form a unit that won't just be like, eh, never mind, I'm too busy. And so it just never happened. Then we finally got to a point where we're like, all right, let's just give it a shot. Let's get some people who could do this. We have a lot of friends who maybe play guitar, but would be willing to play bass or like could play bass, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> and so I ended up texting seven people 
<laughs> saying, hey, you guys want to start a band? And, and everyone said yes. Up. <laughs> everyone said yes. And we're all close. We're all friends. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the first practice, we kind of showed up. We were going to learn covers. We never even intended to be an original band, honestly. Oh, wow. We were just like, oh, yeah, let's just play some stuff, have some fun. You know, we've just been dying to do it for years. Um, and so the one uh, one friend of ours, Tommy, he's a great guitarist. And he um, he has like... 11 uncles or something or like nine uncles so they used to play as kids and they would refer to themselves as the magwas because of magwa from the last of the mohicans because he was so badass and everyone loved him obviously and uh i think he was a villain technically but he was awesome i don't know he, was awesome, he talked man. about ripping hearts out and whatnot no he did rip a heart but, out in the movie yeah he did okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He, did rip, yeah. he did indeed rip a heart out <laughs> real uh, guy's guy i think he i think he like Something about gray he hair. In the end. Gray worm yeah. or something like that. Don't gray hair, gray movie. worm. The movie came out in the 90s, right? You should Yeah, a long time ago. Now. Yeah. It, so that's how the name came about. Because he was telling them about the band, and one of his uncles was like, oh, yeah, you should call yourselves the Magwas. And it was just like, oh, okay. So then sure, three days after first practice, he's not in the band anymore. It kind of just worked itself out. <laughs> they were just kind of like, oh, I don't think I don't think we're going to actually do this. So just like, go ahead. But, and then we went through a phase where we were like, when we realized we were going to take this more seriously and write some music and put out music and stuff, we are like, should we change the name? And then I was all for the Magwas at all times. And, um, you know, we were back and forth a little bit and we ended up settling on it. But that's how the name came about. And I don't know, I, I always thought it was unique and kind cool of name. random to the point where people have to ask you about it, which yeah. I enjoyed. So original just too at this ran with time. it. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're the 15th band named like something after Newfound Glory, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something like that. You know, it's like, an, I, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, I've always looked at band names that way. Like, is it original? Mm-hmm. Is there another one out there? Has there been something close to it? So it's, I like it. Yeah. I feel and like I nobody can a good name for an emo anthem rock band. Yes. Emo anthem rock. Yeah, I feel like nobody could ever pronounce it. And I think that's like, I like that. Because they're like, they have to ask you like six times. Like, wait, how do you pronounce it? And then by the time they get it, like it's in their head. They can't forget that. You know what I mean? I think it's a, and it's a cool way to start a yeah. conversation. We're playing tricks on everybody. Yeah. Well, two you tell some... I thought when I saw is like, they're either Australian or they like the last Mohegans. I don't know why I thought you were Australian, <laughs> but I did. Okay. The Magwis. Australian. What's like the weirdest pronunciation you've heard of it? Um, <laughs> Magua's Mangus. Oh my God. Magua's uh, Mangus. Magnuses. Uh, like people thought we were named after the hard cider, the Mangus hard or the Magnus hard cider. They think that we were named after the uh, what's the movie, the Gremlins, uh, Gremlins. the Mogwai. Mogwais oh. or Mogwais. That's yeah. spelled a little differently, I but I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, we've gotten all types of things. Like people will be on stage, like. Like, well, get ready for the Maguayos or something like stupid. <laughs> like, you're like, okay, yeah, sure. It's like, yep, sure. Don't know how to. <laughs> yeah. sure, the great. whole uh, pronunciation part of your brain's broken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I used to be in a band called One for the Braves, and it would always ask, like, so who's the who's the Atlanta Braves fan in the band? And I was like, absolutely not. about doing even like baseball. Yeah. A baseball-themed band would kind of go hard, I think. That'd be kind of sick. Like modern baseball, <laughs> like the drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> modern baseball. Oh yeah, the the, the one that's already a band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those guys. Never heard of them. Fun fact about modern baseball: 
they filmed their music video Pothole on the same street we filmed their music video Action Speak Louder Than Words because yeah. I went to Drexel and they went to Drexel and they filmed it in front of my house. <laughs> so, oh, shit. And we filmed yeah. it in front of his house and as we well. we filmed it in front of my house. <laughs> Have people recognized that? I don't think so. It's like oh, yeah. in Pothole, yeah. it's like just like a glancing thing. But I recognize it. I was like, oh, that's my house right there. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, like Drexel has a weird connection to pop punk because, I mean, I'll throw us in there. I'm, I went to Drexel, but Modern Baseball went to Drexel. The lead singer to Grayscale went to Drexel. So it's like a oh. weird vibe of pop punk coming out of University yeah. City, Philadelphia. Dude, that's yeah, awesome. Pennsylvania in general, especially Philadelphia, is a huge pop punk scene. Yeah. I mean, not even naming, like, the big, you know, obviously, like, the Wonder Years and stuff, but, like, there's just, like, a huge, like, even now, there's, like, a, a huge resurgence of pop-punk bands coming out. You got, like, you guys and Goalkeeper. Mm -hmm. uh, midfield. 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 Got, like, over to Pittsburgh, you got, like, Growing Pains. Or not Growing Pains, that's the song, uh, Eternal Boy. Mm. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's like, a, and then you mentioned, like, Rayscale, obviously. There's just a bunch of bands coming up out of Pennsylvania. I think Carousel Kings are from down there, too. Yeah, and then you move out of like outside into like you know New Jersey. We play like Friend Circle and play people like that, and uh, that that whole area from like the you know eastern half of PA, New Jersey, New York, just has a bunch of pop punk bands. Like it's a cool scene to be a part of right now, because a lot of people from New York hit us up and like you want to play a show in Scranton, we'll play a show there, and it's it's just a, it's a cool vibe. Like everyone's just willing. To, like they're all really nice people too. That's what makes it so much better. I was wondering, what is the scene like in Scranton? I've never, I've never even like passed through, so I wouldn't know. Um, yeah, what's the music scene like? It's pretty booming. Um, unfortunately, at this point, I don't even know how many venues are even left. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, even since we started, which we only started like two years ago, and I think at least two places shut down since Damn. we started. Like, probably some places that we I don't even know about that we didn't even <laughs> get a chance to play at, but. You know, it was always a select few, and um, I really don't know what's left right now. Um, before COVID, it was it was a yeah. good, like scene. I mean, like well, before us, you had people like the Menzingers and Tigers Jaw come out mm -hmm. of Scranton, and you know, Motionless and White and Breaking Ben in different genres. And then you know, we we became friends with bands. I don't know if it, like Sem Request and uh, a different plate people like that that came out of our area. So. We had like a bunch of really cool bands, Garden View, our friend uh, Luke and Flowers for You, like all these cool bands that were like our age, right at the perfect spot together. So it was like really booming. Now I don't know, like you said, with COVID, yeah. who knows what's gonna stay open, what's gonna not. But it was it was a lot of fun to play. It still yeah. is. <laughs> there's still, I mean, all the bands that we played with are they're still around and um, you know making music or waiting to play shows. But as I said, like, I I don't. I don't know where the next show is going to be, to be honest. Yeah, it's Which been sad, weird. But there is a there are a lot of great, even just pop punk alone. There's a lot of big, great bands in Scranton right now, and like, I don't know. I feel like it's been like that for a long time. Even when I wasn't a part of it, just seeing how like deeply rooted everyone that we've come to know is and was, you know, it's just really cool to see. Like, oh, I think this has been here for a long time. Scranton is a boring place, so you need to find <laughs> yeah. things to do. And most of it is drink and play music, so it, that's, it, it, it ends up being a pretty decent pop punk scene. Everyone's depressed. And, and there's great pizza. Music. I don't know if yeah, that's yeah, still a thing. Pizza. I mean, that's the formula right there, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is the formula. Food. Yeah. It's my life in that, a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> it's my life, too. I mean, that's exactly what 
Scranton, the Scranton scene is. It's pizza, booze, <laughs> pop punk. So it's a lot of fun. I love that. Yeah, we got a, we were, I mean. We have an interesting scene. Yeah, it, it's, it's a while out, obviously, but we were planning, like, maybe doing, like, a little bit of a Northeastern tour. And, um, obviously, with Pennsylvania being as big of a state as it is, um, and also it kind of just, like, it works if you do a loop out of New York or, you know, through Jersey or either through the top of New York, it just works out. And, um, yeah, there was, like, you know, Scranton was one of the ones on the list. Um, obviously, like, Philly, Pittsburgh, all that, um, you know, depending on where you are. Um, Erie was one of the ones we were looking at because it's close to Buffalo. This is an uh, elevator pitch. But <laughs> <laughs> we will travel anywhere. We'll play in your backyard at we'll your kid's birthday food. party. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Same. Bars. But I guess this, that's all to say um, – when you guys aren't playing in Scran, you know, back in the times of <laughs> live music, what were some of your favorite places to play? It could be even, you know, an actual venue. It could be the town. Um, you know, what's these uh, kind of mystical, magical places that you stop by on uh, some of your tours? Westminster, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, was no, that no, the name that of the place? Show, yeah, that show was. No. Like, yeah, that was interesting. I like no, your it was an interesting show. Tell us uh, about it. Oh, it was just yeah. So I don't remember what other shows we had. But it was it was a weird. But I like I love Philadelphia. That's just that's like my home to me. That's my home away from home. So I love playing. We played at like a Bourbon and Branch in the Fire. Those places are just such a cool environment because everyone's so intimate. Like and you you play at those like small clubs in Philadelphia, and you get like a bunch of random people start coming in. And they're all packed into this like tiny spot, just ready to hear some music and go wild. That's what I love about the scene there. Yeah, Philly's Philly's great. We played there back in January. We played this place called the G Spot. It was uh yeah, okay. the G Spot. Yeah, it was with goalkeeper midfield and this other band called Moment to Capitalize. And then there was another band from Planet Mercury. Yeah, from Mass. Those, out of Mass out of Boston, Massachusetts. Those kids rock. Yeah. Yeah, it was a best like friends in real talk for man. Oh yeah, and and those guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like funny, like looking back, that was actually my first show with these guys, and um, it's like oh shit, like that was kind of like a stacked lineup. Like they had a very good local bands. Um, they brought in you know like people like Planet Mercury. These those kids have been blowing up. So like shout out to them. And like looking back, I don't think I cherished it enough because I was just like nervous as hell, like sitting on a couch mm-hmm. in the back, being like, I gotta remember the notes of this yeah. song. <laughs> And I'm like a bassist. I got the easiest job. Like you can mess up. I actually broke your bass. I yeah, I pretty much did. Um, there was the the stage is just wait. Have you guys played there? I've been there. I never played there. Okay. Yeah. So you know the stage is literally just like a thing of wood that's you know a little bit raised off the ground. (laughs) And I slipped on the carpet like last one doing like a leg kick or whatever. And I like fell down my bass. Uh, the the tuning knob hit like with this little like light box that we had. So my, my E string, it was tuned down to D, just went like down to like God knows what, and it was like tuned to like B, and I'm just like hitting it. Hell I'm like, yeah. oh shit, this doesn't sound right. And like the last maybe thirty seconds of the song was just me playing out of tune and not knowing because it was so goddamn loud in there. Oh, but yeah, That's... that that place holds a special. It's a special place in my heart for sure. Yeah. So who did you go see when you, when you were there? Oh man, I can't. I used to go to so many shows that I can't even. I can't even tell you. Like I just that was my thing in Philadelphia was I would be at 
every weekend I'd be at a different either local show or the Fillmore or Electric Factory or any of those big places. I must yeah. have gone to see hundreds of concerts. So, I mean, I couldn't even tell you, man. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish, like, I don't know, growing up, I don't think we ever had anything around this area like that. Like, that's a very special place because you're able to it's a it's diy but it's like organized too like mm -hmm. bands actually want to play there because they'll pay you to go and like I, I don't know that that's just it's interesting to me that it's not it doesn't seem like a very regulated environment but it is like it's a business it operates as so and like they make sure everybody's safe everybody's comfortable there i think that's really what's gonna like help grow the scene back to where it once was is just having venues where you can start off bands can co-mingle before the shows and then you know you just go on stage do your set and hang out with everybody after that's what like we had a venue up here it wasn't really a venue it was really i have space in the back at this place called my place pizza and was not nearly as good as like what the g-spot did like they had like a whole stage and like set up like my place pizza you were lucky if they told you they didn't have a pa beforehand <laughs> but it was but like you know like broadside played there before like right when they put out old bones before they like mm -hmm. up. and uh it was cool because there's no there's not like a green room there's none of that crap it's literally a pizza place so you're all all the bands are like sitting right there with each other it was really cool so like, you had to like meet and talk and it was, it was nice you know met a lot of bands around the state and everything that way and i think a lot of venues like that are uh overlooked these days yeah definitely I love those kinds of venues. I think when we play at the fire, we were looking at like the wall of bands that played there, and it was like My Chemical Romance, Fall Out Boy, but it's all like 2001, wow. 1990, or whatever, like all these different like types of like bands that have played there, but it was like way before they got big. I think that's what's cool about those small venues that like they need to stay around. It's like you never know who you're gonna go see on like a Friday night. You just show up at a random venue, and like two months later, you're like, oh man, that's that's the band I just saw. That's cool. Yeah. We're not all like these like fabricated boy bands. Like we don't just like start off like world tour. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not how it works. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. It, it's good. I can't wait for uh, shows to get back. I think um, it's going to be interesting. It'll be different than it was before. It'll take a few years for everybody to get comfortable. But um, man, it's it's going to be uh, I think exciting once. Uh, that's the word I'll use. Exciting once everything gets back. Um, but I did want to, uh, do some getting to know you questions. I, I wrote these down. This is kind of like a new segment I wanted to try out tonight. Um, cause I felt like you guys have a lot to say. You're very involved in the punk pop punk community and emo community. So, um, just had some fun questions for you guys. If you're ready for them. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. So number one, it's kind of a, I guess I'm, I'm teeing this up for you. It's softball. Uh, if you could open for any band, who would it be and why? The Wonder Years. Fuck yeah. Because they're my favorite band. I you don't love... even need to provide. No, yeah. no. I yeah, think that's, that's a great right decision. Yeah, right there. Wonder Years I mean, right Wonder Years would also be the Wonder Years. That's great. Yeah. That's like our, that's our go-to in all these. Like Me and Eric are the Wonder Years fans in the band. That yeah. we're just like, man, I, love, I would love to play with those guys. So we're back have you seen them live? Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen them live a number of times. Yeah, I saw, <laughs> a couple I've seen, times. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just a couple. I, I've seen them everywhere from like you know at the Fillmore in front of five thousand people in Philadelphia to like a beer festival in Atlantic City, New Jersey. So like it's I've seen them a couple Shit. times. Yeah, it's it's cool. Dude, Dude I respect those guys so much. COVID. Yeah. What was that, Adam? 
They were actually the last show I saw before uh, the whole COVID thing. Oh, I saw wow. them. Oh, really? I saw them at Webster in the city, uh, New York like... City. I don't remember what the last show I saw was. Yeah, yeah well, was the last I saw. Fuck, who was it? Maybe it was uh, the Dirty Nil. Great Canadian band. They're my favorite band. Um, it was them. Oh shit! Who opened up for them? I feel like it was somebody important. Oh, Single Mothers. If you guys like uh, like hardcore, and just like regular punk, Single Mothers, great band out of Canada. But they played. That was a stack lineup. That was a great night. Um, but yeah, that was in like Brooklyn, I think. The and, last uh, yeah. I, I like feel like it's been a while since I saw. I feel like we're just getting so busy booking shows and trying to focus on getting more shows that I just never yeah. really plan to go to a show but i feel like there was one show recently i was like shit i haven't been to one in so long i, I should go <laughs> well, let me, let me i think i just decided question. on a whim what's the last show you guys played before covid like, what, where the last show we played was uh a saint patrick's day show at yeah. a, a place near us and it was probably gonna be pretty rowdy but that was like literally the governor had shut down the state like the day before yep. I remember that. So, I remember everything shutting down because I was supposed to see the Dropkick Murphys in Boston uh, like a few days before St. Patty's Day. It was like the Saturday before. Yeah. Before yeah, we were, just... playing, we were playing that Saturday right before St. Like there was a St. Patrick's Day parade in Scranton, which is huge in Scranton. That was a amount of people. We had actually two shows booked. We were supposed to play like a double header and... Only the one kept like came like stayed, and it was just like kind of weird vibe because everyone was sort of like staying away from each other. Yeah, how tense was it? I was gonna ask. It was like, weird. It was a really weird vibe because like I everyone, was even, I was even like, oh, this is weird. I don't know if I I don't know if I like this. And you're like hand sanitizing after every song. I felt like yeah. I was, yeah. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, like, you go up sneeze like, on my guitar. Yeah, someone like will come up and like give you a handshake, and you like kind of like reject yeah. it a Here little. Here you go, bit. man. <laughs> give him the elbow. Yeah, yeah. We should so, start like, blowing kisses show. to each other. That's how we should yeah. be like a nice little. Nah, hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were and in I... the studio that weekend. Um, New York and... shut down on yeah. Friday, and we were in the studio that weekend, and we we literally just got in and out like right before like all like the mandates and everything. That was yeah. It was weird because I was like. We're in it. We were went to. Uh, we're from New York, and we went to Rhode Island to record, and um, you know, just like traveling state to state. And I came up from New York City. I, I work in New York City, so I just left right after work, he was and amazing. I had all had all my gear. And I was like, I don't know if I should be doing this. Like New York's like mm. the hotbed of it, <laughs> and I'm just traveling state to state, just like willy nilly out here. And um, so yeah, that it was like tense, but. Luckily, like everybody was fine, but yeah, we were pent up in the studio for, uh, you know, the whole weekend there. So I was like, "Fuck, I really hope I don't have it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we thankfully we had just got out of the studio in January, like right before it all got like super big. So, or else I like we thank God we have these songs planned to keep growing during this. I don't know what we would have done without shows or without music ready to go. You that would have really sucked. So, Seaglass yeah, and Friends did. did. Yeah, that's what we fucking did. Um, <laughs> so, d did you record Seaglass and Springsteen during that time in January? Yeah, we actually yeah. have like a six-song EP that's like we're doing oh, like a waterfall sick. release. So, it started with Glum in April, and then 
Actions Speak Louder Than Words in June. It's every six weeks we're releasing a new song all the way to November. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Well, you're watching <laughs> you're watching this in September, so it, it, yeah, you're already yeah. getting ready for the next song after Sea Glass. It's uh, a great method, though. I mean, it's been working wonders for you guys. Mm-hmm. It's just a cool way to like keep people interested, because like I would love for people to just sit down and listen to the full album. So it kind of flows. We wrote it to flow, but it's you got to keep people's attention. You know, you, I, I can't expect people to keep coming back every year and a half or two years to hear one album for one day uh, you know you got to keep them interested so yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a cool way to go about it and another thing is like we do have of uh, six songs on the ep i mean we have probably at least like four or five like distinct styles of music i mean they're all kind of related as far as the lyrical content and just the general vibe um that's kind of what like glues it together but I mean, to the average person just listening to music and hearing a song come on, you know, there might be a lot of people out there that only like one song off the EP, but may like it enough to, you know, listen to it and check out the whole thing when it comes out. And if they only like that one song forever and they throw it on a playlist and that's it, that's great. I mean, we yeah. love that. And um, so I think it really, we really took our time with this and we really want to be able to take our time as far as the promotion and really give each song the love it deserves as far as what we put into it. Yeah, so that's it sounds another like aspect of it. You guys have a solid approach for sure. Um, one of one of my favorite bands last summer did like a release every like two weeks or whatever, and it was all covers. It wasn't like originals. Mm-hmm. That would be a crazy rate to be pumping out original <laughs> stuff. Like that'd be insane. Uh, I get it. If you are a professional musician, then that you know that's just kind of your job. But yeah. Um, it was fucking awesome, and it had everybody hooked, I think, for, like, the whole summer, just, like, waiting, like, what are they going to do next? And they, like, did, like, David Bowie, The Who, um, uh, The Pixies, just, like, all that shit. It was awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it, but, it, yeah, it lets people, like, really sink their teeth into something. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, when you're releasing something every six weeks, you're, you're still getting, like, the hype for the next song, but you can sort of sit there and listen to the one song and really sort of, like, get all the intricacies that we're hoping that people can get, especially out of Brandon's lyrics and your lyrics, Eric, because, like, you guys write so in-depth. Like, there's a lot of different references in all of our mu- music and a lot of different, like, alluding to things, especially, like, if we're alluding to our past songs or something like that. And I think it's just a cool way to sort of, like you said, sink your teeth into something and really get to know something before the next one comes out while keeping the hype for the next one. I yeah, man. I always, I always write, like, lyrically especially, like, everything, like, I don't know if you guys are the same way, Eric, but like it's like everything's like a theme together. Like when I write an album, like if I'm writing six songs for an EP, like the lyrics all tend to be themed mm. around the same thing. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that. I mean, if you look back to Good Beer, um, in our one song, it's called "I've Asked You Many Times Politely to Please Go Away." The whole <laughs> last chorus is, it's over the chorus instrumentally, but it's sort of like a more up tempo, like more focused reprise. And it just has references to, like, our song Don Lost His Socks Again. I wrote about, like, one of the lines was, like, I fall down and I get back up, but I scrape my knuckles. And, like, it's like I ripped the Band-Aids off my knuckles and something about breaking down in my apartment, which is a reference to Birdcage. And it sort of, like, goes through. It was kind of cheesy at the time. Like, do I have to, like, reference everything? But I don't know. I'm kind of a sucker for that kind of thing. 
I, I know there's some dude going, oh, shit, when he, like, yeah. finds out. <laughs> no, people love that shit. I, I don't think it's cheesy it's, at it's all. Like, I just want to yeah. tell him, like, when you hear that end part, you're like, oh, so great. Yeah, I, I'd be so hyped. Yeah. that That's awesome. I I never thought about that. Like, in terms of, like, something that's not necessarily a rock opera, but it just, you know, it just mm-hmm. refers to a, a previous song. Um, that's that's really how you keep pay, people paying attention. Wow, I never thought of that. Yeah, I mean, I I know the biggest example for me of that is like I just want to sell my funeral. Yeah. And so like that song for me, I was always like, oh fuck yeah, like that's awesome, hell yeah. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> so like I, I I had I definitely had that song in mind when I thought of that idea because I was just like, you know, it's like a pretty big ending part. Like I want to, I'm also like one of the things I like to do is like I like to switch up like choruses. So like I'll make the last chorus like different and I'll have like a I'll try to make like a reference that'll be like, oh shit, okay, like you yeah. said something different and it, it's me. I noticed that, yeah. So like it's just just something like one of those things like people get into like I don't know, habits, I guess, when it comes to writing and whether it's you know, structure of a song or lyrical content, like it's one of those things that I like to do and I don't know. That's dope. Hey, I have some, uh, I just realized, <laughs> not to like butt in, I do have some uh, more getting to know you questions. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy fuck, I forgot out. about them. Oh, if no, I can uh, really quick, I remembered can... my last show and I want to mention it because it was fucking awesome. Oh so yeah, yeah, I saw, go ahead. I saw Hot Mulligan and Grayscale. Wow. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> saw them at the Chameleon Club in Lancaster and it was like absolutely oh. packed right at the brink of COVID. <laughs> I was nervous for the next month, but yeah, <laughs> all good, I guess. Somebody's having me. It was great. Yeah, you like sneeze out. once, and you're like, "Yep, this is it. It's this over. is it. I'm dying. I'm um, yep. right. I had a good life. I I am dead. I am so dead. <laughs> I um, am deceased. <laughs> How about this? What's the drunkest you've ever been? It's with him for sure. I, I can tell <laughs> you that. Whenever me and him get together, it's just it's just a nightmare. I think closest there's times where like when we went to see born of osiris and volumes and we started drinking like vodka rebels at like three o'clock and then that's before the show started at like eight and it's like a sunday i mean there's been too many times your 21st birthday a couple years ago was we were in new york city just just hammered out of our minds i don't know what's you what what do you think Uh, i don't know there's too many there are too many. I'd say that uh, Born of Osiris concert was one of the <laughs> best stories mm-hmm. as far as being insanely drunk. It was just like things just happened one after another. We had a crazy weekend. It was a Pray Day weekend. Again, another Pray Day weekend coming up in this. Um, it was a couple years ago. And we had bought tickets to this show in Philly the next day. And we were just hungover, we were like not feeling it. It was like five o'clock, and we were just sitting there, like, "Well, I guess we should start drinking." We were probably rock- watching like Bar Rescue or something. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he had like Vlad, and yeah, I was like, "All right, let's go get some Red Bull. We need this." And so here's the thing about drinking vodka Red Bulls: if you're drinking Red Bull, you know that it's not good to drink like four Red Bulls. <laughs> but if you're drinking vodka Red Bulls, true. You're not worried about drinking like way too much Red Bull. But that's exactly what happened. And let's just say we went from being like, oh, I don't even know, like, 
do we even want to go to the show? Like, we feel terrible. To just chaos. Cut to an hour show. later. Eric's got his shirt off in the middle of a pit, like, running it. <laughs> I'm getting, like, I just got, like, knocked out by some chick with a backhand with, like, on, while she was, like, spinning during, like, a song. I was like, this is the wildest thing I've ever experienced. This is not what we planned. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I want to go home. that whole night was probably one of the drunkest I've been. Yeah. I don't know. The, the problem with that question is, most likely, I don't remember. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should I should add that at the end, like the drunk. From what you can remember, what's the drunkest you've been? <laughs> yeah, uh, I would fun. probably actually say we do this thing called Carlisle sessions. Uh, I live in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I had a I previously lived in an apartment. It was like a house with just like three other dudes, and we had a basement. And we would just go down there, and they would come down, and we would write, and we would just drink all weekend. And actually, we recorded a version of Funeral Acoustic on our couch with like a GoPro camera and it's on YouTube. You could see this, but like I was visibly very drunk and it was at the point, like you were just drinking for so long all day. Like it wasn't enough to like black out or like pass out or whatever. But like, I feel like I was like there, but I was like, I can't speak. <laughs> oh, <laughs> somehow Jesus. you sang. So it was song, just, though. Like, yeah, I remember I, being in the room. And we recorded a song. Yeah. Adam, you good? It sounded like his, uh, I guess his audio went out. I'm going to ask him if his headphones are plugged in. <laughs> he looks like one of those flip books that you yeah, draw like, on. Yeah, oh, flip yeah. page by page to make like, a, like an animation. Oh, honey, we're not getting you back. You're done. <laughs> oh. All right, but moving on to the next getting to know you question. What is your favorite Crayola color? Red for the Phillies. <laughs> I'm a big baseball fan. I know you guys yeah. just shit on baseball, but I'm a big baseball fan. Oh, dude, big I love baseball. Fan. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was one that was like mac and cheese or some shit. And if that's true, <laughs> yes. then that one. Yeah. But I remember seeing that. I was like, fuck yeah, Crayola. I should ask, what's your, what's your favorite uh, flavor of Crayola? And then we, <laughs> Definitely we really screen our guests to see Tastes how crazy like they are. Yeah, the dude's just like, I've been munching on Crayola crayons since I was 12. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's like you know oh. those like waxy things that you get. It's like candy, and they have the liquid inside of them. It's yeah. like that, but it's just the wax. <laughs> the best <Right>. part. <laughs> Who the fuck let us chew on wax as kids? Like yeah, what? Crayola did. That, yeah. was their, that was their business model. They're man. enablers. <laughs> yeah, Crayola crayons are a gateway drug. Oh. Yeah, like bro, why do you make? play-doh looks so delicious <laughs> it's like don't let your kids eat this well don't fucking make it look like it's amazing it's already he's already had yeah. half of it i just yeah. ate some the other day i couldn't resist he brought a fucking spoon out for it <laughs> yeah. it comes with a spoon this is, this is some weird ass yogurt <laughs> it's like the frozen it's like the frozen like ices that you get and they have like a spoon attached to them yeah, yeah. that's how play-doh is like oh yeah. don't eat it Play-Doh is also a gateway drug <laughs> yeah. to the yogurt industry or the, the Italian crayons. ice industry. Yes. Big Italian ice wants you to eat. Big ice. So, yeah, yeah, big ice. <laughs> big Luigi. <laughs> uh, how about this? Uh, this is another uh, softball. What's your guilty pleasure music? Judas Priest. I love 80s heavy metal. Nice. Uh, that's that's I grew my dad. That's his favorite band. 
So I listen to that. There's things about me at like three years old, listening to like singing Heading Out to the Highway by Judas Priest. So that's my, I don't know if you call it a guilty pleasure, but that's my go-to outside of it. (laughs) Unpopular opinion, I really like Living After Midnight. And like, I know that's like their, like, it's literally a pop song. Like that's what. Yeah, it's their biggest song. It's like as if ACDC wrote it. Like that was it. And I kind of like it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't it's know how my guilty song me pleasure him, is. Me and him actually covered Living After Midnight when we, we were did. 13. We it's on Just YouTube. electric guitar and drums. And it's on YouTube, but I will <laughs> not it. tell you where to find it. If you find it, you can send it to us, and we'll, I'll give you a cookie or something. Where Mog was, yeah. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a mac and cheese crown. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you don't think I'm, I'm already stacked up? I'm strapped. <laughs> hell yeah. So, Eric, what's your uh, guilty pleasure music? I don't know. I always hear like, oh, like guilty pleasure. But like, I don't know. It's like I really don't feel bad. Like I'm just yeah. I never, I never. I never. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some, how about this? Something you wouldn't if you're driving. Something you wouldn't bump with your friends in the car. Hmm. Maybe nothing. But. <laughs> I really don't even know. I couldn't even tell yeah. you. We're not um, very much guilty about any of our music. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll blast whatever and feel, feel pretty like great about it after that. Where it might be a problem. But yeah. I don't know. I don't really listen to much. Other, I don't know. It's hard to say. I listen to a lot of metal. Nice. Sometimes I listen to jazz. Okay. I, wow. I don't feel guilty about jazz. Nobody should <laughs> feel guilty about jazz. Um. You're on your way to like. I'll the listen to like some random like bumble rap songs. Maybe that one. Maybe yeah. like some random like popular rap song that's like objectively shitty, but I can't help oh. but listen to. I fucking love like shitty. I don't know what it is, but like there's just some horrible music that just I like. It grab yeah. I gravitate towards it. I don't know what it is. I literally I made a playlist and it was like this song. What was it called? It was called this song sucks, but the bass is really good. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> i don't know just some you guys can use that idea too for your playlist if you want to i know it's uh you know i didn't trademark it or anything but yeah playlist. this song sucks i really gravitate good. towards some pretty trash music although it does have a threshold some things i'm just like i i can't get behind this yeah. <laughs> i literally can't <laughs> i don't know what the hell's going on because i've lost total connectivity but hey welcome back was aaron talking about noise music is that what i came in on or noise rock, whatever the hell it oh, is. Oh, do you guys know about noise music? Uh, I don't know. Is it all music it's noise? Fucking fascinating. I'm gonna add you guys on Facebook I after this, um, and I'll, I'll share. You know, anytime that content comes through. But it's Heck. like it's the worst music genre, but it's also like Ooh. the most interesting thing I've ever found. It's just dudes making like noise, like feedback, and like just loud clanging, banging noises. Um, it's a real genre, and there's, like, a scene, too. Like, people go and, yeah. like, watch shows, and they're just, like, there's guys just, like, vibing out, like, arms crossed, like, head nodding, and there's a dude just, like, the whole time for, like, five minutes straight. It's like I no... got off work and took my jackhammer to the show. <laughs> yeah. Some people will, they, they, there's some sort of plug that you can get or some sort of clip. Clips onto, like, a metal sheet or something or something conductive. And you run like distortion and overdrive pedals on it, so you're hitting like a piece of sheet metal or something, 
and like yelling into a microphone and like hitting the distortion pedals and it's the loudest fucking thing. It's literally noise. That's what it is. All right. So here's my thing. <laughs> if you like that music, because you said there's like actually a scene, right? Yeah. All right. Dear everybody in that scene, fuck you. <laughs> All right? You are trying too hard. That's where Either I draw buddy. the line. Listen, people like plenty of shitty music, but I think there's a point where they don't actually like it. They're just doing it. And you know who you are, and if you're that person, fuck you. That's all I'll say. That's like he, he showed him to me, and my immediate thought was like, if I was ever murdering somebody, this is what I'd be listening to. Yeah, it's probably like that shit, like, do you guys watch Waco, like the series on it? Yes. And like, they play like the... Like the noise, like as an example of like the torture Dude, that they that do. That's it. That's, that's it, probably that, it. That is literally the entire like, genre of music. Like it's literally exactly. a form of torture. Yeah, and some people just like it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it, it's definitely the person who's like, "Hey, yeah, I get my kink is car batteries to the nipples." You know, that's that's my yeah. kink. <laughs> I, I get some car batteries on up here, and then I listen to noise music. Noise uh, music. There's some things I'm just like I'm calling bullshit on that. Noise music like, is the uh, is the car batteries to the nipples of the music industry. Yeah, <laughs> we just trademarked that. Well, I, I think it. that makes it more legitimate than it should be. Yeah, because we. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I'm it's I'm almost certain there are people who are into the car batteries to the nipples, but I'm skeptical <laughs> as to whether there are people who are actually if, into noise music. If you look at the di- the Venn diagram, it's just one circle. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. 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 It's just it's, it's like just more- a, they finally found it. They finally found how to appeal to. Car battery nipple people. <laughs> it's like Facebook groups of like people who enjoy harsh noise music while hooked up to a car battery. Like that's the. <laughs> I, I run I'm the sure bit. if you search it up, you'd find it too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to, but I don't know. Maybe that's some late night. Put search. the clamps on those nipples and mic it up. <laughs> Throw some distortion on it. Fucking well, reverb. Really Hell yeah. That. I want to meet the individuals in that page. Like, I want to know if they're like, like, I, I want to, I want to like, not even like, let's no, go undercover. Like, I, I don't, I just want to see them and judge them. They walk among us, man. They, they work at your, your local, they work at your glo- local grocery store, your, your accounting office, man. They're, they're here. Like, I want one to be like a mild mannered librarian who like gets up every day <laughs> and goes and peddles books to kids and then goes home at night. It's like, all right, I got my car battery, I got my clamps. I got my nips. I got my noise music. Dude's like driving to work in his Prius and he's just like listening to harsh noise. That's how they decompress. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, guys, uh, we are coming up on time. So usually the way this works at the end is uh, I like to uh, have you guys do some shout outs of some of your you know, local favorite bands, maybe some friends bands, uh, bands you played. About, you like rolling around. What was that? So you got to talk about how much you like Rolling Rock as well. We're trying to get sponsored by Rolling, Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock. <laughs> oh, okay. Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock. Thank I can you. drink it. It's a it drink <laughs> for you. <laughs> Rolling Rock. Ain't Latrobe, I don't go. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, go ahead. Do you, I, I would like to hear uh, you know what comes to mind, what bands you guys want to shout out, um, and then usually at the end we'll do stuff like. Uh, We'll have you guys, you know, announce anything that's coming up. But I know that you guys just announced that you're going to try to release music every six weeks. I think that's an amazing plan. So uh, everybody, if you're listening to this, look out for uh, Seaglass and Springsteen. 
It's going to be coming out the 28th, and I believe this episode should be dropping soon thereafter. So, um, yeah, it's your time, guys. All right. Ahead, well, I'll start. Uh, as far as bands, uh, definitely shout out Flowers for You. Yep. It's my fucking boy. I'm actually going to be featuring on a song that's coming out at some point soon that I should know the date of. If he watches this, he's going to yell at me. <laughs> but it's coming out on a Friday soon. Um, yeah, it's like a emo rap, emo pop type stuff. He does oh, it all sorry. himself. It's really good. Um, James Barrett, Modern Ties. These are all from Scranton, really. Um, just some cool bands that I love and uh, everyone should check out. Um, Paladin's Death. It's a metal band. Toothless. Garden View. I might just end up naming everybody. Yeah, you're already taking all <laughs> mine. Yeah. All right, I'll save some for Dalton. No, I don't even have any more. No, no I love ahead. Modern, Modern Ties and Flowers for You. Those are the two that I was going to say. I mean, I love the music that Sam Request put out. I don't know what they're up to right now, but uh, I love really just like all the people in Scranton are just great. So I can just shout out like any of James Barrett, Modern Ties, Garden View, the same ones you just mentioned. They're all fantastic artists. Awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got some listening to do now. I got to look up all these bands. I wrote yes. down the names. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great finally getting to meet you, finally getting to uh, meet the faces behind, like, basically the people who run the Pop Punk Networking Group, <laughs> <laughs> the absolute all-stars of it. Um, you guys keep making that music that you make. It's uh, it's awesome. Obviously, you've seen where it's gotten you so far, and you know it's only up from here. Um, yeah, I, I see a lot of success coming your way, man. Um, you guys are fucking awesome. So thank you so much. This has been one thank of my you. favorite conversations well, we've you. had too. Some very kind words, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I had a blast here. You guys. Sorry, I missed half the conversation. There. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> You can well, listen I, to it when this comes out. As long as you yeah, got yeah. the car battery part. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I got my jobs in there. I got I got my Rolling Rock shout out in there. Perfect. I will get that sponsorship. It's Rolling all Rock. Sponsorship. It's a beer. It's all, <laughs> it's all about the rock. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your evening. Have a good week. I was stuck in the indigo, had no way out, had nowhere to go. I could feel you right next to me, suntan and ocean breeze. You blew the smoke from your cigarette, got me tongue-tied, but I can't forget. Your eyes remind me of summertime, you call me yours, I'll call you mine. Sea glass and Springsteen Never knew what it meant to me I guess it's better to never know Another reason I can't go home Sea glass and Springsteen